Pie in the Sky Media. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised. We're live. Three, two, one. Welcome back, Criminal Mischief Nation, to another bonus episode. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Morgan, along with the great Carolyn Osorio. Hello, Carolyn. Nice to see you again. Hello. Hello, Brandon. Hello, hello. How are you? You've got I'm LA. Well. You've got your LA, LA cap on today. No, no Yankees. Yeah. I left the Yankee yeah. hat in the car, and I'm, I don't want to go out there. I'd rather stay inside Why? right now. Because so, it's, yeah. it's too sunny? Because it's too sunny for you? Because I'm lazy. Because I'm, I'm lazy right now. I've been glued to my desk all day and uh i just had to get some work done so i figured i'll just use the hat that's close at hand but thanks for mm-hmm. noticing oh You're you welcome. noticed my hat yeah. oh. i did i did but really what i was noticing is i want to i want to reach over there and just pull it down a little bit just like mm-hmm. you know like that you have it you always have it up high yeah yeah well, don't you like you know, to go in the back don't you like it to have it go in the back? Yeah, it, it's like I usually wear it like backwards. It's, a, it's usually backwards. I'm familiar with that. Cool that yeah. yeah, it's a cleaner uh-huh. look, you know. Mm-hmm. But since I cut all my hair off, you know, I mean, I don't really have to wear a hat that much. I know. I don't. I don't. Oh, so that's why you were wearing the hat to like contain your locks? Is that was that what yeah, that's to about? Contain the hair. Yeah. Not. I looked like a, a crazy. What was that from? Uh, <clears throat> from the Dead Poets Society, okay? When Ethan Hawke is afraid to come up and do his poem, he didn't do the assignment, and Robin Williams calls him up and, and, and makes him do like a spoken word thing, uh, you know, on the spot, and he's got a picture of Walt oh Whitman God. up on the wall. And he says, what do you see there? He goes, I see a sweaty tooth madman. That's what I would look like, a sweaty tooth madman, because my hair was, was, was stupid. Um, but I thought it was super cool for a long time, but I, I, I was the only one it looked like. So I finally cut it and, uh, well, I mean, I feel to be honest with you, but it's, anyway. it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to trust the clean Brandon cause I'm used to the dirty mm. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, who is this? I know. And even now in a dirty beard and an old flannel, I'm the clean Brandon. It's weird. Right. You realize. I know it's a pretty low standard you've set for cleanliness. Hey, okay. you know what? I'm just going with what I have to work with. See, I just take, I just meet people where they're at, Brandon. Yeah. It's funny. People tell me, they say, uh, you can tell <clears throat> where a person thinks fashion peaked by how they still dress. Okay. And so for me, I wear flannel shirts and jeans and boots all the time. People say, Oh, grunge. I'm like, no, Springsteen did it 10 years before Nirvana and Pearl Jam did it. Okay. So that's where it stopped for me in the mid eighties. All right. Wrap your brain around that. I know, but see, I'm thinking nineties. So you're speaking my language. Cause like I, you know, the, well, what kind of boots are we talking about? Well, let me, let me, let me, just, what kind of boots You know, are like you? it's regular old, just black, like black leather lace up, like combat boots basically, but real, but you know, combat not like Doc boots. Martens. Not like Doc Martens or anything crazy, just like black ankle high like boots. I wear Wolverine boots. If anyone knows boots out there, they're great. Thousand Wolverine. mile boots. They're 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 terrific. Yeah, really, really simple. Okay. Really simple. Yeah. 
Look yeah. at it. Love them. So, so what Love did them. you what did you think about our chat with Mr. Bill Cannon, Sergeant? He's very Bill listen. What, here's what I liked about Bill Cannon. Um, he uh, he's a very polished um, entertainer, right? You can tell that. Uh, like I broke his balls a little bit about being a stand-up comic, but stand-up comedy is one of the hardest things to do in entertainment, improv comedy oh. and stand-up comedy. And they're the opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum, right? A good stand-up mm -hmm. comedian, if unless it's someone, there's really good people who just do crowd work, which is all like improv. But if you're doing like a tight five that is so highly rehearsed, the pacing, mm -hmm. the beats, when you drop the, you know, the punchline, like all of that, right? It's really, really mm -hmm. rehearsed. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and so he was great, very, very well spoken, really proud of his career, you know, and um, and, you know, I found it my duty to just to get the New Yorker out of him a little bit every now and then. Right. Mm -hmm. Try and get him to swear sometimes, or, you know, and I got there. I got him there a few times, but uh, mm -hmm. but he was very polished. He, he, he knew, you know, the facts, you know, forward and backward. I think he's he's got some old school, uh, some old school cop in him, you know which is great, mm -hmm. you know, cause he was one of those guys who bridged pre-technology and post-technology, right? Like he was a detective in New York before the late eighties, early nineties, right? Before everything was computerized when he was still typing mm -hmm. reports, probably on a typewriter. Okay. And mm -hmm. then transitioned mm -hmm. into the internet age and using that mm -hmm. as an investigative tool. And we touched on it a little bit because I'm sure that I mean, we're definitely, it's a net gain for police work, right? But if you talk to cops, they're like, it's a lot different when everybody's got a video camera in their pocket, you know? I'm like, what do you, what do you, when they say that, I'm like, what do you mean? Is it harder? Is it harder because you can't get away with shit, right? You can't maybe lean on somebody or smack them around or what they say, tune them up a little. Yeah, maybe, right? But, um, but so that, you know, I, I find his, that character interesting because he is kind of like the, the, law enforcement version of a Gen Xer, right? Because that's how we grew up. We lived a very full, awesome, crazy life mm -hmm. pre-internet, you know? And then here we are mm -hmm. post-internet mm -hmm. raising kids who never knew a pre-internet existence, you know? So- uh, <laughs> I know. Just, you know it is kind of, I like that. I like that juxtaposition. I think that's really, really spot on. But it's funny that you try your your goal in the interview is to try to bring out the New Yorker in him. <laughs> That's your goal. I always try to bring out. I like to bring out the emotion in people. You know, not not for them to mm. swear. I'm just like, I think it's interesting because I I like <laughs> it when people when you can get people to say things that they wouldn't say to anyone else. You know what I mean? Like it's like you don't want the same right. thing that somebody's already said. So I think that's interesting yeah. that you're trying to get that New Yorker coming out. Yeah, I want, you know, I, I, I want to get that out. I want people to hear that because, you know, a lot of times people have a preconceived set of expectations about what a New York cop is, you know. And if you look at him and talk to him for two minutes, you might walk away thinking that. Okay, yeah, that's that's what he is. He's like a gruff, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, whatever. But, you know, obviously educated, intelligent, knows procedure stuff, you know, <clears throat> uh knows you know uh, what happens post arrest okay in the, the prosecutorial phase of getting someone put into jail you know so yeah I, I i enjoyed it i enjoyed it um but also he wasn't you know we i don't think we got we didn't get all of detective cannon right 
Like, no, we didn't get all, no, I, you know, I, tr- I was trying to, yeah, <laughs> right. I was trying to get him in some other ways, but he, but he said, know, you know, I, I, like, I'd want to know, like, what did he, yeah. Like, what would he really think about, about Chief Burke and how Chief Burke kind of fucked everything up? You know, like if it was just, if it was just me and Cannon, like sitting around talking, you know, how he was not having interagency kind of cooperation because he was trying to hide shit that he was doing and didn't want a lot of detectives who are trained to look for, you know, shit like that to discover him, you know? And so how much time was lost in the investigation? And that's why I don't think I do well in the military or in law enforcement, because Mm. it's like they have that kind of structure where it's like, and I'm not saying people who do work within the military or police, you know, don't have their own minds, but like how many investigators had to toe this line of this Burke and just feel like what's happening? Why are we kicking the FBI out of here? Why, you know, and and not being able to to say anything and, and just have to take it. You know, I'm, I'm watching this, this right. show, this Netflix show, that's like a number one show right now. It's called Griselda. And um, it's basically like, you know, this drug godmother. And she, I can't remember who the actress is, but she's freaking amazing. And anyway, there's a detective, a female detective, who's just trying to be a detective. And she's got these great ideas. And this is in the seventies. And of course these assholes are like holding her down and not listening to her and go make coffee, honey, and go write a report and all that. And it's like, she's got these great ideas. And that would drive me insane where it's like, you have to follow a crappy leader and you know, they, you know, they suck and you just have to do it because if you don't, you're going to, you know what, you could ruin your career. I don't know. You know, I mean, and and I feel like this is. Did you watch Band? Yeah. What? Did you watch Band of Brothers on HBO? What did you say? Did you watch I Band of Brothers? It. Are you kidding me? Right. Yes, so at the I end, loved when, it. Are you kidding me? Major Winters. Major Winters, when he says, we salute the rank, not the man. You know what I mean? Because he had to put up with and a that leader that he found to be very ineffective, like the whole time. And he just, but he followed the rules and he towed the line and he and he did what he did and, and, and took the chances he needed to take. And he wound up outranking the guy, you know, and, and teaching him a lesson in a very civilized way you know he could have been a, a, like a total dick to that guy but instead he showed him up but he showed him up in a way that wasn't ego driven but so and then and so in this guy chief the chief burke he winds up uh with getting caught in the, having sex in the park right and that's what makes well, that everything was like after, that was after all the corruption when he did his flasher move and then but i mean before that so this guy, see, they, for a long time, they, people thought that he was involved with the murders. Mm, right. And um, so, I mean, obviously they haven't had any evidence to support that because, you know, he was never arrested for that. But um, I, I just think that, what do you think of this guy? Because I'm sure you, did you even know about this part of the case? Um, no, where no, he- I, I, I didn't know about it at all. I didn't know about it at all. And and that's what I wanted to talk about mostly here was because of uh, <clears throat> it's the kind of policing that, that scares you, right? That a guy yeah. would rise, rise to this level of leadership and, mm-hmm. and be this corrupt and, and this just kind of blase with, with people's lives and with the killer on the street and just worried about masking his deeds right? To keep himself out of jail or to keep himself, you know, whatever. And, and nothing else mattered to him. Like that's a, 
how does a guy like that slip through the cracks? How is a character such a, a character as flawed as that keep, you know, getting promoted up through the ranks? That's what's scary. Well, and I think that that's what the, I think like, okay, so I put that cut in with the current police commissioner who I think is amazing and who's the mm -hmm. one that assembled that task force. So I could see why he wouldn't want to touch this with a 10 foot yeah, pole. Sure, of course. But the reporter asked, was like, so why didn't, you know, why was the FBI kicked out so many years ago? And he's like, well, I don't want to talk about what happened in the past. You know, I mean, because <laughs> it's like, who wants to bring out like, this dirty laundry that basically tanked the case for over 10 years. Right. You're talking about and, Rodney Harrison, and, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so it's like, this could have been solved. So, you know, based on the, the, the work of the task force, I mean, this could have been solved a long time, a long time ago, yeah. you know? Oh, wow. I mean, that avalanche, the ogre, that description, I mean, that. on the car. Exactly. Found the car. Google Earth finds the car. Here's the car. Here's the guy. He's got burner phones. Like, it's it's like a neon sign pointing to this fucking guy. But meanwhile, this dude is like, you know, I'm going to go hook up in the park real quick, or I'm going to do all this other shit. But so so that that was a little disturbing, right? That 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 would happen as long as it did. But then, so where does this where where does Geraldine Hart fit in? The female commissioner was she just kind of like a placeholder for a little while, or? I think that, you know, she had was a historic placement there, the first female yeah, police yeah, in commission, which I think, you know, was basically a clear message of like, get these good old boys out of here. Yeah. Because it wasn't just Burke. He had, I think it was the prosecutor, and I don't know enough about it to to speak about it in terms of like I've just watched other, you know, listened to other podcasts and stuff like that. But but they were there was some other collusion happening to protect Burke. And so that's why it went on for as long as it did before he was before before he basically had to resign because he knew he was getting arrested. Yeah. So I think that she was um, definitely a breath of fresh air, and like she released the photos um, of the belt, and I think they were hoping to get somebody recognizing that belt. I mean, it was a very specific, you know, old school kind of belt with the you know initials embossed in it, and I just don't think they got any traction. I don't know why why a task force wasn't, um, you know, started then, but it certainly, you know, obviously the fruits of it with Rodney Harrison, you know, was very, was soon, you know, they were able to right. crack this open really quick. And it's WPIX. Okay. WPIX. Right. They don't say picks. Okay. No problem. Got it. <laughs> no problem. Uh, did you just call me bro? No, I said no problem. Okay, good. Yeah, right. no, I wouldn't. Well, that's what the teenagers. That's what my son. It's like. Oh really? Everyone's bro. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's yeah yeah. But, but here's awesome. the thing. Any all right? Anybody who grew up in the tri-state area. Okay, I was waiting for the plot. They're going to be so screaming. Hard. They're going to be screaming that I'm not exactly right with WPIX. WPIX was a local station. Okay, <clears throat> and. It was the strangest thing, but I have such distinct memories of it as a kid. And anybody right now is going, I fucking know what he's about to say. So there was an interactive video game, okay, in the 80s that happened live in the, in the like, the three o'clock news hour, okay, on WPIX. This is the I'm 80s. Sorry. I'm, sorry. It wasn't news. I'm sorry, it wouldn't be news. It, was, it would be before the news started when a bunch of kids were watching. 
So like it after, was an school, after school special, after school program, after school special. Okay. So what you had to do was you had to write into WPIX and say, yo, I'd like to play the game. Okay. And so then what they would do, if you won, I never won, you'd get a call on the fucking landline and they say, okay, it's Brandon and Jefferson, New Jersey, and you're going to play. And, and it was basically like, like space invaders. They would put it on the TV and everyone watching WPIX is watching it. And I guess they had one person in the control room with the controller and they would shoot when you said picks into the phone, right? You would time it. You'd see like an alien going across the screen and the gun was at the bottom center of the screen and you go picks, picks. And no one ever did it well because there was a delay, right? And every now and then someone would just go picks, 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 picks. And this poor person somewhere is just frantically fucking hitting the button. And if you hit enough aliens or whatever it was, you won a whatever fucking prize. But so that's the only time that people would say picks. Otherwise, it's WPIX. Okay, so you called into the station to do this multiple times? I tried times. it. Everybody did. It was a huge thing. It was like, it was huge. It was, a, it, it was, it did was. Did you ever know anybody who got I never the knew call. anybody. I never knew anybody either. But look, there's 15, 20 million people in the tri-state area. So it's, your chances are, are weren't great. But uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, but I never, I never made it, and I. But you know, hey, it was. Uh, we watched. We it worked. We watched every day to see who would play the game, right? To see if somebody would. Okay, win. WPIX. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. So the belt, the belt thing didn't work out for yeah. for Commissioner Hart. Okay, mm-hmm. so then Rodney Harrison comes in. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, much more inclusive. Does the task force, and I love his thing about no secret squirrels. That's great. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's the kind of policing that you want. And again, sorry for the pop culture references, but a lot of the answers to life's mysteries, I think, are answered in television shows from the 80s and 90s. And um, NYPD Blue had an episode mm-hmm. where Sipowitz and Simone run into a secret squirrel to the point where he gave them bad information about where a perp might be. Mm-hmm. And Simone figured it out and he goes, this freaking guy, you think he really, did, did he give us the wrong information on purpose? And Sipowitz, the wily vet, he goes, hey, come on. He's got it. He's a detective. He's just like us. And he's not going to do that, blah, 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 right? And then it turns out Simone was right. Sipowitz was trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. And Simone dressed him down, dressed him down. And the guy's like, oh, sure. You got your gold shield like you might, and you don't want other people to get theirs. And Simone was like, I got where I'm at by a lot of hard work with my partner. If you give me bad information again, I'm kicking your ass. It was great. Okay, he, yeah. expo- he exposed a secret squirrel because this guy was just out for himself to try and get enough arrests to get promoted. And it wasn't really about the work and it wasn't about collaborative work with the force or with your partner or any of that. And so it was a, it was a fucking great episode of TV. And that's what I thought of. When I mean, I- it's a great episode in TV because it's a great way to live your life. Yeah, There's absolutely. so many people who, who just don't do yeah. that. And they have to like, you know, and that, and that's this part of the case, you know, the, the Burke guy, the ultimate secret squirrel, squirrel, yep. Yep. that's how he would say it. Um, you know, I, I that just drives me crazy. I, I can't, I, I, it's hard to, it's hard to move beyond. It's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And I love this guy's, um, you know, uh, con- there was a book I read when I was in my twenties called conceptual blockbusting, which is just a this problem solving how to just think completely differently than you normally would forget. There's nothing taboo. Just find an answer that works, find a solution. Right. And so by using correctional police, 
Oh, I love that. To hell. That's, that's amazing. Great. Cause these women spend time in jail. They probably talk to people. You can, we can maybe get some information, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the correctional police were like, fuck. Yeah, I'll, I'll help you solve this cry. Let's fucking do it. You know, mm-hmm. and you engender so much enthusiasm and, and, you know, uh, a collaboration, you know, I'm sure that would, well, that would and, be you know, it, I, it really resonated with me because after doing the, the green river killer investigation, where it's like, if they, you know, there was such a brick wall between law enforcement at the time in the eighties and, you know, sex workers who basically were like, they were treated like criminals, you right. know? And so they, there was just no, no reciprocity. There was no trust. There was like, they were, you know, considered criminals. And so I think that, um, right. Well, I mean, listen, that, that's, to be honest, because according to the laws, they were criminals. Right. Right. And so, but, yeah. but the police weren't seeing them as also possibly victims. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. allies and getting actual bad guys off the street. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was a big, big mountain to climb, you know, and they're still climbing it today. Absolutely. You know? But when I heard that, I was like that, that, you know, that's such a great, you know, let's look at every single possible Avenue every possible avenue let's go through every and here's the thing i think it's like 97 percent of the time when you have a serial killer they will say i think the vdoc society said this which is the name's going to be in the file wow somebody somebody talked to somebody talked to the guy you know and sure enough you know that truck was in there wow you know the the ogre you know six four six six yeah. I know. 12 years. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. I have a question. Yeah. Because he kind of glossed over it a little bit. I don't know if it was what? on purpose or not. What? Let's talk about Dave and Amber Costello. Yeah. Okay. So they ran a scam on him, right? Yeah. Okay. They totally ran a scam on him. Yeah. All right. He's going to give me the money. Then you come in and pretend you're the jealous boyfriend and we'll keep the money and I won't have to have sex. I mean, a, a I mean, six that foot four, six foot four, six, six ogre with glass. Have you seen this monster? Yeah, I would have done that. I, I did. Come here. Let's do the ruse. Come on. But what, come I'm, on. But what I'm saying, you know how dangerous that is? You yeah. know, I mean, that's really, really fucking yeah. dangerous. Especially what they didn't know is that this guy's also a serial killer. So you think... What do you think? He's going to forget about it? No, he's going to come back. And, but, but, but anyway, so, so. I mean, and that was the thing with those burner phones. And that just shows his, um, you know, hubris in that he thought, hey, even though Dave has seen me. Yeah. Even though they ran this scam on me and took my money and I've, and I've reached out to her on the burner phone, I'm going to entice her to come out again. Give me another you know, chance. Probably offer her. And, yeah. and she did. You know, and the probably you know, the deal was, was, but Dave doesn't come along because you you burned me once. You know. Well, I think one of the um, I th- I'm I'm not sure of uh, w- which one of the the four victims this happened to, but I think one of them he offered like fifteen hundred dollars. She needed to pay her rent. She was going to be evicted, and it's mm. like fifteen hundred bucks is, you know, and when you're desperate. A hundred dollars is when you're oh, asking. It could be, I mean, fifteen hundred dollars. a difference. It could make the. I mean, yeah, all the things yeah. that you tell yourself. You know, it's like I. I mean, I totally. I get that, and I, yep. I think that whatever he offered her, 
you know, it, it overcame, you know, the fear that she may have had and wanted him out of her place. You know, I, I don't know. Another thing about uh, Detective Cannon, um, he really wants uh, Huerman's wife to be wrong about something in this. He's like, she oh, knew, she knew. Oh, she's looking the other way. He's doing stuff. I'm not. And I asked him legitimately. I'm like, is that criminal? Is it, is she had, yeah. is, I loved, I loved that question. I love it, that, Brandon. And it wasn't. She hasn't done anything wrong, right? I guess. Or they, or she'd be in jail. Absolutely. But we talked about this before. I mean, I mean, the, the having her, my, you know, if your hairs were entwined in this, these crime scenes and your husband, you find out your husband is like, I mean, that has just got to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's something else that really bothered me about this that that I, and I I didn't know why until I, I remembered this. I guess it was a meme or something that my brother sent me. He said, "In every marriage, there's one of the people loads the dishwasher like a Scandinavian architect, and the other one loads the dishwasher like a raccoon on meth." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and I found that to be really true. I'm meticulous about loading the dishwasher. My wife, it's like she's doing it blindfolded. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, 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 you know, in your wife's camp. So just so you know, <laughs> you're the meth head raccoon. Okay, great. I get you it. Know what? No, I'm actually not that. I am kind of a combination of both, where oh. I have my process, <laughs> and I need the process to be the way that yeah. that I do it. And I know. <laughs> what are you looking down no, there's at? A, because there's a way to do it. There's a way to do it. They're, they're they're designed specifically for the items in your kitchen that need to be cleaned. Okay, right, regardless. I don't, right. wanna be, don't try to put me in a mold. No, regardless. Hold on, just hold on a second. So what when is- I hear a successful architect mm-hmm. lives in a hoarder house, that seems antithetical to me. I think it did to a lot of people. Yeah. Right. You would think like a place for everything, everything in its place. The guy's got a design-oriented brain. He would be, you know, organized and 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 calm and mm-hmm. conducive to rational thought. And now it's a fucking hoarder house with shit everywhere. That no, but here's the thing that you know this this made so much sense to me when I talked to Cheryl Mac McCollum. Both of our our yeah. we fan girl over her right yeah. And she said, that's how he wants it, sugar. You know, he wants, he wants, he wants to have it. I close my eyes. I think it's Mac. If I close my eyes, it's like Mac's here. Honey, honey. Sugar. I love me some ex-wives. Sorry. (laughs) There you go. I knew I could bring it out of you. I know. Show me an ex-wife, honey. Great. She said, and I think this is true. He wanted that house to look like that. Don't even come anywhere close. Like mm-hmm. we don't want you coming to our door. It was like you know? porcupine quills. It's a warning. Stay away. Right? Exactly. The the lawn was not kept. The there was two by four. Two by fours, son. We're holding up the house. It was holding two up by the cement. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So I mean, I think that it's like there's. Obviously he knew how to do stuff. Hmm. You know, he was an architect and he knew, you know, how to, he could call, you know, have builders come and fix his place. If he didn't know, whatever. Right. He didn't want that image. He wanted people to stay away, you know? Wow. 
Well, the impact statement from the sister was very powerful. Yeah. Oh, super powerful. As was uh, the statement from uh, Ms. Allred. Yes. At the end. Um, and one more thing about Canon, uh, you know, just giving us some insight. You know, I, I think it's 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 a fairly um, obvious kind of conclusion to draw, but but it's interesting hearing it from someone with, you know, his law enforcement experience that, you know, there's no death penalty in New York, right? So if you're hoping for answers of this guy, if he's got more bodies to his name or whatever, if he goes down for these four, he's gone forever, right? And the only bargaining chips that the state has is, we could we could make your time a little easier on the inside, mm-hmm. you know. Clear up some questions for us, right? Mm-hmm. We won't. We promise you it won't get any worse. We'll give you like some fucking ice cream once a week or Netflix account, whatever it is, okay? And uh, just tell us what else is going on. And you kind of hamstrung if that's all that you have, because you could have someone like Ridgeway or like Bundy or like I'm not telling you shit. Fuck off. Do your worst. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, this reminded me of when he said that of, you know, Peter Vronsky, and yeah. he is the one that with, um, I'm, I'm spacing on her name, but she was the, um, the daughter of one of his victims mm-hmm. and she befriended him because she wanted to find the remains of her mother, but she also wanted to help. Um, they knew that he was good for so many more. And yeah. so they had the time, these two, had the time to go and sit with him and listen to him talk and listen to him talk about hoagies and, you know, the best place to get a, you know, a grinder. Well, and you know, what did he say? <laughs> I have no idea. That. Oh, okay. Are you talking about the actual place to go on like 55th street or something? Yeah, I mean, if he has got a, I, I'll always hear a recommendation from a good hoagie. I don't care if they're a serial killer. Okay, The point is, is that, you know, I understand how law enforcement would not. What you want to take a break so you can go get a hoagie? Thinking about it, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, so that so that he, they they have the time to talk to him, you know, and they don't have the police don't necessarily have the time to go and sit in in his messed up playland where he gets to just reminisce and and talk about you know all that stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think that. Um, this guy, you know, who knows, I, it, I listened to an interview where he, um, it sounds like his personality is he loves to brag about himself and he loves to just constantly talk about himself. Huerman does. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I heard somebody yeah. kind of describe him as that. Um, so who knows, you know, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, um, they're not really fast tracking it, right? I mean, no, I don't think I don't think they have any reason to. But what's going to be interesting is if they find out the identities of, you know, some of the other victims, they already know who some of them are and kind of piece together. You know, there's also, you know, connections to Las Vegas and I believe uh, South Carolina. Um, So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for the drop in. That was uh, it was interesting, especially in light of some new information. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh we got some uh, we got some good news today. Do you want to talk about uh, the press release, or what do you want to do? Well, you take do the honors. Yes. Yeah, so we're proud we've to, had to be quiet. We've had to be quiet for so long. Yeah, we have had to be quiet. Um, so, Pie in the Sky Media, the company that produces uh, Criminal Mischief, um, also owns the rights to uh, Carolyn's earlier show, uh, The Shadow Girls, 
that has been developed into a television series, a documentary series called The Imperfect Witness. And uh, Pine the Sky has partnered with Cream Productions out of Toronto, Canada uh, to bring uh, the story to uh, the small screen. So uh, it was announced today, a small announcement um, that was tailored specifically for uh, a television um, marketplace uh, convention that's happening down in New Orleans. But uh, there'll be more information coming out uh, in the coming months. So, mm-hmm. Carolyn, congratulations. Hard work pays Great. off. Brandon, quit trying to give me all the credit. Brandon's, uh, you know, just as he's my Along partner in crime as much as I want to, like, beat him up half the time. Along for the ride. Along for the mm-hmm. ride. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so- I mean, it's really exciting. We've been working towards this, and there's other things that we can't yet share that we've been really chomping at the bit to share. But, yep. um you know, it's definitely an exciting step. And um, if you haven't, check out the Shadow Girls podcast. It was um, written and hosted by me, but also produced by Brandon and uh, could not have done that without him. And yep. um, anyway, it's it's all good news. Yep. It was, a, it was a hit show. We peaked at number seven in the world. That's uh, That is no, that's nothing to scoff at. So uh, very, very proud of that show. And uh, and not surprised. Well, and I, I feel, you know like, what? I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm no, sorry. Okay. But as when I, I felt like, I know you don't believe in fate and things happening and all that, but uh, when I heard that Gloria all read her interview and mm-hmm. I saw her, when I watched that press release and I, it just the timing of it right when we were about ready to announce our project that we've worked so hard, you know, behind the scenes, believed in it so much, believed in Rebecca's story, believed in the people that we're working with and, and believe that they can help us, you know, tell the story the way that we feel that it should be told with the layers and the, you know, it, it just listening to her at this time, like, it just was so like, yes, this is why I wanted to, to get into the genre. This is why I wanted to do this. And it's not like I'm some hero at all. I mean, at all. It's just that, you know, someone like Gloria, I, I really look up to because, you know, she really helps people. And, um, does. you know, what she said is so true. Like it's open season. You know, when these guys get away with this stuff and nobody does anything and the Burks of the world are allowed to exist and yep. thwart justice and these poor families, you know, sitting on the side of Gilgo Beach with their signs, you know, to mark another year going by and nothing happening. Yep. And it's just like heartbreaking, you know. Yeah, well, and so look, for I, every for every Burke, there's a there's a Harrison, okay. And uh, yes, I know. love that. And there's yeah. an Allred, and there's an Allred, of course. And you know, to quote one of my heroes, MLK, you know, the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice. And so, you know, every time it's just a little bit more and a little bit more, and you know, one day we'll get there. So, well done, well done. Yeah. And uh, congrats again on the on the uh, on the closing of the deal. It was a lot of work to get there, but we're there and uh, looking forward to to what's coming next. So that'll do it for this week, Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us. Um, If you are so inclined, head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review our show. Share with anybody who uh, you think might like it. And please consider supporting the great companies that support our show, because honestly, without them, we couldn't do what we do. Um, So thank you again for listening. Uh, Carolyn, anything you'd like to add? Nope. We'll see you next week. Great. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe out there. From Cloud 10, Criminal Mischief is a pie-in-the-sky production recorded in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. 
were produced by Brandon Morgan and myself. Music by Soundstripe. I'm Carolyn Osorio, your writer and host. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.